to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Keys to the city. It's been a two-week layoff. We have a very special guest for you in a couple of minutes. Christian Montano, CT's own Christian Montano, the newest addition of also the Pittsburgh Steelers. And like I said, I'm very excited. It's been a couple of weeks. We haven't been around for two weeks. Yeah. I know we've been busy, but we are back. Sports looks like it's coming back. We're going to be talking about baseball with the Joseph Wire in a couple of minutes. So as well so stay tuned for that because it looks like baseball is still in a mess also want to talk about the dalvin cook issue we all knew christian mccaffrey just got paid a couple weeks ago now it's starting to get the trend of running backs trying to get paid but we're going to start with the christian montano and here's a little montage as well of just who christian montano is first Like I said, our special guest, Christian Montano. I mean, you look at that. That's what he's all about, teamwork. He loves playing the game of football. I'm happy for you, man. I'm happy to have you on part. It's a great privilege and honor to have you. Just to see, like, the opportunity. Anybody, any time a Connecticut player gets the chance, Ted, you played with a couple of Connecticut players that made the NFL. So to see someone from our state. We're not known for a state that gets a lot of NFL players. So you see, when you think of the NFL, you think of guys in Florida, Texas, down there, down in the south. But Connecticut, to see you there, it's an awesome feeling. He's an Orange, Connecticut grad or native. Walter Camp, Player of the Year, Connecticut. Went to Brown. So he's, then smart, went, so that means he's, he's really very smart, smart too. <laughs> so he's going to teach us a thing or two. And then went to Tulane to play with the Green Wave. Started all 12 games. Also played in a bowl game this year. And that's an awesome honor. So... Christian, like I said, it's an honor to have you. And from both of us, thank you and congratulations, man. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I think uh, it's the best introduction I've ever had there. So, uh, <laughs> oh, a little bit there. I, mean, I mean, seriously, man, it's, it's, I mean, you got to do something that, well, I know me and my brother, we could speak for that, would love to have the honor of doing. And that's getting the chance to play in the NFL, man. And we were talking last week with you. You were already with the boys. You were already with the fellas. You were getting ready for the season. Tell me, how was that practice? How does everybody look? And how does everything look for you in the past three months, especially with this whole pandemic going on in the country and in the world? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was awesome to be out there last week, to be able to work with the guys for the first time. I mean, it's one thing to be in Zoom meetings with them on a daily basis and just kind of hearing their voices, seeing how they see the offense. But uh, to be out there in the field, even though it's just on air, it was a great experience. And uh you can learn a lot just from watching by those guys. And uh, I definitely was able to pick up on some good things. So I got to ask you, we always talk about football, like the level of play, you know, they, you know, you talk about like high school, to college, the game's faster. Now you go from college to the NFL. I know it's only a short time. Probably didn't even have full pads. It wasn't full practice, but what was it like just being on the field and like the speed? Have you, have you noticed the big difference so far already just in that short time between the NFL and your experience in college? I was thinking about that. I think uh, 
what people say from high school to college is the speed. Well, if there was another um, similar change from college to the NFL, I think it's the smoothness of play. I think that, uh, like everyone says, it's the speed. College is so much faster than high school, but I think how smooth everything is is the biggest difference that I noticed when going to the, uh, their practice. And even though, obviously, it was just a practice on there, it was just one play call. Everyone knew what they were doing, and it was smooth. There was no mistakes made. They were a really smooth offense, and it shows because there's a lot of old guys on there that have been running it for a long time. Another thing, first of all, is what was it like to get the call? I mean, usually that's the dream come true, right? You're just waiting. You're sitting there. Now, I know you were an undrafted free agent signing, but, hey, you still got the call. You had to wait. What was that like? And if you could tell us, who were you talking to that made that call for you? Yeah, so beforehand, I kind of had a plan with my agent, who was actually my high school football coach, John went as well. And uh, we kind of said the first opportunity that comes, it seems like a good place, we're going to roll with it. And regardless of when it is, whether it's, whether it's going to be a phone call right at the end of the draft, if it's during the draft, we're going to roll with it and make the most of any opportunity. So uh, he called me right before the draft was ending and said, uh, nothing finalized yet, but I think you're going to have a spot in Pittsburgh. And uh, about five, ten minutes after the draft was over with, he called me again and said, it's all been finalized, and if you're good with it, we're good to go. So at that point, I mean, I was – I was ready to go. I was I was cashed in. I was I was a stealer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I mean, you don't really care who's making the call just to get the opportunity for any of the 32 NFL teams. I, I'll ask a funny question because I was reading the bio on some of this stuff. So you went to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I saw who your favorite NFL uh, player was, <laughs> and he's still playing. His yeah. name is Tom Brady. Um, I think we heard of him. Before. Yeah, he's so, a pretty good player. I've heard of him. He's just pretty good. Um, does that mean you were a Patriot fan growing up? Did you have a favorite team? Did you have any expectation? Just you know, the whole feeling of that. And and if you get the opportunity to meet Tom Brady, what would that experience be like? Yeah, for me growing up, I was kind of in a split household. My uh, my dad's mother, my grandmother, she was an avid Yankees fan, so she liked New York sports. My mom, growing up, she always liked the Red Sox. So I kind of picked the, I think I picked oh. the, the best of the two growing up. I was a Yankees fan. Growing up as a kid who were obviously dominant at the time, the Patriots. Good man, like, that's a good man. Good man right there. Good man. <laughs> you could call me a bandwagoner, but I was about a 10-year-old bandwagoner, so it can't be that hard on me. <laughs> I love it. That, hey, that's awesome, man. I mean, just in general, just to see what you're doing. I mean, have you been able to keep in shape? Like, have you been – I know the pandemic has been tough for a lot of people and for the best because we've been going to the gym, but it's been tough nowadays. How have you been able to keep up – with in shape and what kind of workouts have you been doing since the gyms or if there is any gyms that you've been able to get to what have you been able to do with that yeah so for preparing for my pro day i was actually at this place in uh, new jersey called test football academy and i was planning on being there for about six weeks from the end of our, our bowl season for about six weeks to prepare and for the pro day and then go back to new orleans and have my pro day there as soon as that was ending which was about early early March. I'm trying to think of the exact date. It was right around March 1st or 2nd. I was coming back home. I was going to be home for about a week or so. And then I was going to fly back to New Orleans. And then that one week span where I was supposed to be home, it's kind of when the whole country shut down. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to have a pro day anymore. I got to figure out a new a new plan with that. But thankfully, I have a great coach, a strength and conditioning coach back here in Connecticut. He, uh, he kind of let me in early in the morning to his gym, even though they're technically closed. I was able to get workouts in still. And I was uh, able to run at my high school's field. So even though I really didn't have uh, other NFL players to train with, I think if you're able to focus on what you're doing and obviously keep that goal in sight, you can still accomplish good things. And uh, I did a virtual pro day. I did it with him. He filmed it all for me. I did the bench, all my running drills, some O-line drills, basically everything that I would have done on my actual pro day, but just filmed it, how to put it online. So 
with that being said, now because it seems like every other day there's an ever-changing with what the season might be, what the off-season schedule, what has kind of been the plan of attack that they have told you going forward and how how have you – because normally you would be at a mini-camp. Because you know, so we're avid sports fans. We know like everything. You'd have your mini-camp, your rookie mini-camp. You'd be, you know, you'd be there with more of the players. Now with being home and not as much, so what's kind of the game plan with, with what's going on with COVID? How have they kind of told you to prepare – for the upcoming, you know, season, season, hopefully, hopefully a season this year as well. and, pre- and preseason. What's kind of the the game plan going forward? Because we know we're a creature of habit, especially in football. You know, six o'clock wake up call, six thirty <laughs> breakfast. You know, what I mean, you know how it goes. That we're, we're routine guys. Time. So what now that there's not so much of a routine or a little bit off? What's kind of the game plan for you and the team and everything else kind of going forward? Yeah, I think uh, I think for any preparation for any season, it's two halves: it's the mental side of it and the physical side of it. I think uh, the mental side of it, we're doing pretty well. We can still have regular meetings. We have uh, Zoom meetings every day from about 11 to 2. Go through uh, team meetings. We have offensive meetings. We have special teams meetings. So when it comes to installing the playbook, that hasn't really been much of a problem. I think what the, a lot of the coaches are worried about, though, is the physical side of it. I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, get in the gym, guys, work out. But the, the conditioning side of it, you can run all you want, but it's hard to be in football shape. I mean, it's hard to replicate pushing D linemen. It's hard to replicate pass blocking if you're not doing it at hundred percent speed. So I think that's their biggest concern without having OTAs and those sort of things this off season. Yeah. It's, but, it's uh, not like Cameron Haber is Haber is running around and yeah. Stephon Hewitt, yeah, they don't make those guys running around in Connecticut that often. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, I mean, thankfully I have, I have some friends that uh, were also D one football players who are looking to play in the NFL as well. And some of them former NFL players, my buddy TJ. So, I mean, working out with them, they've been able to come down to the field with me. He's a former quarterback. I can snap to him. I have some other friends that were D linemen. I mean, they kind of give me some work as well. So uh, he's got to make the most of the situations you have and what you have around you and stay as best shape as you can and as mentally sharp as you can. That's all you can do, brother. Absolutely. So I saw at Tulane you played center. Uh, you started all 12 games. Is that the position that they had you working for, or are they going to have you at a mixed guard slash center? Uh, I, I mean, think, it yeah, makes a difference of what you're prepared for and how you're handling it. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think they're going to move me around on the inside a lot. I think, uh, especially being an undrafted guy, they kind of saw me as a utility guy. They can play me at both guard, guard and center, and maybe even tackle at preseason. They have, they've been asking me questions to tackle for these uh, preseason meetings, but I mean, we'll see. Uh, I think I think the uh, the more positions I can play, obviously, the better it is. So, um, just just being as sharp as I can in that direction. But I think uh, I think center guard is what they're mostly looking at. Now, do you like being called a utility guy? I know there's guys that prefer to have a main position. You said utility. Do you like having being able to play center guard? Do you like being able to be yeah flexible around the entire line? Do you like that, or do you prefer to have that? When we think Christian Montano, bam, he's a center. He's one of the best centers in the game, or he can play anywhere on the line. Do you prefer that? How does that feel for you? I'm happy to play anywhere on the line. I think the more positions you can play, not only obviously is that better for you as a player, but I think you understand the entire offense better as well. If you can play center and you know your specific job and what your aiming point is and what your footwork is in one play, and you also know the guy on the left and right of you, what they're looking at, what their aiming point is, I think that makes a big difference. And I think you can play your job better knowing what everyone else is doing around you. Are you trying to uh, replicate your game with any of the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive linemen, or have you looked up to anybody? Has anybody taken you under your wing yet? I know it was, you had a practice or two last week. I know it's early, but have you 
kind are you trying to learn from one of these older guys these veteran guys Maybe yeah i mean they're all great guys out there i mean wiz al pouncy i mean they were all happy to give you information i mean i was asking I'm sure Pouncey more questions than he wanted to answer with last weekend, but uh, just technique. I mean, there's, there's a there's more than way to, one way to skin a cat, and there's more than one way to get a block done. So I mean, the footwork into it, the aiming points, where you're kind of looking, how you're reading secondary levels, leverages on linebackers, safeties, cap down. I mean, there's, there's a lot to learn, and uh, getting some of their expertise in these things really can help you. All right, no, I, I know for the last 10 minutes, 11 minutes, we've talked football, um, but there's also a pretty remarkable story that I did not realize. I you know, and reading your backstory. So I heard a pretty remarkable story and I saw it on a YouTube thing. You were also a person that saved someone's life. You were a bone marrow uh, person that donated and you helped save a gentleman's life uh, who had cancer. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to just kind of elaborate, just kind of give whoever's listening. That's a, pretty, that's a pretty remarkable story. I know one of the draftees, the first round picks, Austin Jackson did that for his sister and he was playing the next month. So I, I've heard about that story, and it was a remarkable story. And right there. Yeah, I believe the lunch. gentleman's name was Jim Calhoun. He was the patient. Jim Calhoun. It, it wasn't the <laughs> – No, it not the basketball the, coach. No, no, no. Uh, you know what? I didn't even realize that when I, I wrote that down. I'm just, give us just – if you don't have to go into detail, just – Oh, yeah, I'm happy to talk about it. pretty fascinating. So. Yeah, it all got started at Brown, actually. And, um, at Brown, we do it every year. This is, we do a mouth swab job with called the Be The Match organization. They're part of the uh, Rhode Island Blood Bank, but also the bone, National Bone Marrow Registry. So uh, every spring, we get out there in the main green on campus and try to get as many kids to sign up as possible. And um, pretty much the entire freshman class of football players does it. So I did it really not, not thinking much of it. I mean, 99% of the people who are in the uh, bone marrow registry are never called upon. So uh, when they called me three and a half years later, I was pretty surprised. But uh, I was happy to go forward with it and after about two months of testing with just a blood sample, going back and forth a little bit, making sure I agreed to everything, it kind of was determined that I was the best candidate. And then on February 1st of uh, 2018, went forward with it. It was about three months since I got the original phone call saying, hey, we think you're a match for someone. We went forward with it, and then there's a one-year no-contact period. So I didn't know if it went well, if it went poorly. But then thankfully, about three weeks before February 1st of 2019, they called me and they said, hey, Christian, uh, it's been almost a year. Would you be willing to speak with your recipient? Can we exchange your information? And obviously at that point, you know, it went well. So, I mean, I was excited. I was thrilled for it. I said, yeah, give him, give him whatever you want, my cell phone, my address, my email. Yeah. And then uh, I, think, I think it was maybe February 3rd or 4th of, uh, of 2019 when he actually called me. And I just got back to my apartment. It was about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And I saw a New York phone number. And I was like, New York, who, who could this possibly be? And I was like, oh, I, I might as well just answer it just in case. And he was like, is this Christian Montano? And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, my name's Jim. I was your bone marrow recipient. And I was like, oh, my God. I got a million questions for you. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's, that's how are you? But, yeah, it, it was really cool to get to talk to him. That, probably 20, 30 minutes. Hey, I mean, luck was on your side. I mean, think about that. You help out a guy like that. You do a good thing. And then you get rewarded by getting – signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. I mean, millions of people have tried, and not a lot of people have been able to get the chance to live the dream. Plus, I mean, I think, mean, that's think just... about the being so close to Connecticut. I mean, other than the Giants, Jets, and Pittsburgh, New England, there's not many teams in this Northeast area. So it's got to be pretty awesome because for your family, you know, jump right in the car and be able to, you know, head over and, and be able to see you. Definitely. Definitely. Have, yeah, you, yeah. Been, have you been able to... Like, how does your parents, I mean, your parents got to be ecstatic. How is your family feeling about this whole scenario? I mean, from the minute I told them that I got a phone call and I might be a potential match for someone, they were they were a full boat for it. I mean, I lost uh, three of my four grandparents to cancer, so uh, oh, wow. it, it's close to the family. And I think pretty much everyone knows someone who's either died yeah. from cancer or it's affected their Our family. Uncle. 
Exactly. So I mean, brain cancer, and we know, and he died at 44 years old. Or Uncle Steve. So you know, exactly. Now in today's day, you feel like the older you get, you just you know all these sad stories. So for be able to be an incredible man like you to be able to change someone's life. Yeah, just to give anyone a second shot. It really meant a lot, and it, it was easy to do. I mean, you're sore for a few few weeks, but, I mean, easy to do to save someone's life, hopefully. Chris, I got one more question for you. And like I said, thank you so much for having the time to join Keys to the City. If there's anything you could take away from this, your rookie year, what would it be in the end? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, I mean, you want to make the team, but I think uh, – I think I want everyone to know whether they're a fan, whether they're a coach, uh, whether they're a teammate, that just kind of my mentality of things, I want to work hard. I mean, I want to be a guy that everyone can rely on, whether it's a family member or a friend or, like I said, a teammate. So I want to be one of those guys that's first there in the morning and last to leave at the end of the day. You know what? I probably, and I was just thinking about it while we were talking about I probably officiated one of his games. In high, he's in high school. He, he's an official. So, so I'm going into my 10th year in high school officiating. I've been doing college for the last six years. So I've probably done one of his games because I've done Hamden Hall a couple times at the home field. You might have. Chris, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I can't thank you enough for joining us. Congratulations. All the hard work, like you just said, hard work has paid off. Keep pushing forward, man. The dream is there. Go just, get it. Just go get it, man. And hopefully we can talk to you, uh, you know, if there's an opportunity sometime down the road and maybe August, September, just to see how everything's going, just check in and whatnot. Show those boys what Connecticut's all about. Definitely, definitely. I'd be happy to Thanks, be here anytime. time. Thank you, guys. Hey, let's keep in touch. And rock, again, rock and roll. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Good luck, man. And that was Christian Montana. I mean, thank you so much. The Connecticut native representing Connecticut in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Emden Hall grad. Went to Brown, graduated in three years. It's a great life. Went to Tulane for a senior year. Started all 12 games, which is pretty remarkable because you have to learn all those playbooks and new things. Yep. Save a life. Save a life. And now got drafted in an unsigned draft by the Pittsburgh. And I don't care when you get drafted or how you get the call and you'll be able to go. You're, to go, you're, going, you're going to you're going to the That's what I'm saying. You're going to the top. And it, it's, it doesn't matter if you're drafted number one, if you're drafted number one, or you're drafted number 255, or – you're getting a call from you one of the, the you've got the opportunity of a lifetime to play. And that's what it's all about for two guys that have played the game of football and the game of football has been always through, through our blood. It's in our family forever. And to see a Connecticut native, once again, get in there, get his opportunity. I can't wish him nothing but the best. Let's we're going to have the Joseph McGuire. I think he's around. I think he's going to pop up and surprise us because we are going to be talking baseball. Yes. I, Joseph, I hope you're around. I hope you're there because I want you to come on right now. And there, there, he is. Is. there he is. Joe, I mean, that's a pretty remarkable story. He's a bone marrow donor. He's helped out. And the guy's name was Jim Calhoun of all names. I didn't even realize I didn't, I wrote that. And just you look at that, that type of life. I mean, he, he saved someone's life. He's worked his butt off to get to where he is. Now he's getting a chance to play in the NFL. That's the life, right? For guys that played sports, both, all three of us, oh, I know sure. for you, it would be a dream to be playing baseball for just anybody, maybe except the New York Mets. But <laughs> still, you get the opportunity to play. I mean, it's a remarkable story. I appreciate all what you yeah, did right we, there, jo too. we joked about this before, like, you know, you know, because we're, we're huge Giant fans. We're like, well, what happens if you ever got drafted by the Cowboys? You know, because, you know, and you'd be like, does, we does, have to go. You gotta go. You gotta. No, you have to. No, not me. You, does your family still root for you? No, no, they'll always root for you. Family will always root for you. They just hate the team still. <laughs> but Joe, I know there's a lot of anger right now with fans, and it seems like there's a lot of anger and hostility going on with baseball because we had you on a couple weeks ago. I know we haven't done a show in about over two weeks because, like I said, there's the lack of sports right now 
it seems like sports is coming back maybe still because and i say maybe because yes there is a plan of attack for the nba looks like the nhl there's a plan of attack the nfl is going to be the nfl they're on top of it now we come back again to this same old i know it feels like we're talking about the same thing but we were three weeks away we were talking about ifs baseball coming back and this is kind of like the same situation with this whole cheating scandal that happened with the Astros and Red Sox, and they kept delaying and delaying, and they finally came out. It was a slap on the wrist. That's how we kind of feel for all baseball fans not seeing baseball possibly this year. And we talked about it. You said, I think, a 60% chance. I, I, you were like 50 or 60 or maybe 70% chance. How about we come back to that question first? Three weeks later, how's your percentage change on if there's going to be baseball, Joseph? Yeah, I think it's um, actually higher now. I'm going to go with 85%. Uh, Rob Manfred has pretty much all but said if he's forced to, he's going to implement uh, basically in the original agreement that they did uh, back in March that he can implement immediately a 50-game season and the players union has to abide by that. So this is this is really the players' last chance to sort of dictate the terms of the season or Rob Manfred's, and he doesn't want to do it. It's not going to be good for labor relations going forward. We know uh, – after next season, there's going to be another collective bargaining agreement. And this is this is not good. The fact that these guys can't agree on anything right now, that they're as far off as they are, you know, and it's not even about money, which, you know, I know that's getting a lot of the attention. It's not even necessarily money. It's, it's also about games. You know, I guess you could argue that is somewhat about money as well. But, you know, here's the other thing I think people can't forget. There's been um, about 14,000 COVID deaths since May 30th. And we've just crossed 2 million cases. So, yes. you know, I know with, with the, the, the protest and, and the riots going and on, that, like we're taking our eye off the ball on that. But, you know, that thing's not over yet either. You know, and I know the NBA sort of, um, you know, teetering, you know, trying to figure out the logistics of doing it all in Orlando and, and, and the talk of if people leave that they'd have to be quarantined for a couple of weeks before they could play again. So there's a, you know, I, I was a little skeptical because like I said, the logistics of putting this all together is difficult and you've got a lot of guys in, I mean, baseball's got a big roster. I mean, I also, you know, think about the NFL, if they were to run into this later on in the year, when you've got rosters and as many people and, you know, on all these different teams and all the, the staff that goes with it, that's a lot of people to be coordinating logistics, and it, it, it's making it tough. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, so I don't know if people saw, so we just looked on ESPN. Um, they came out with a 70 to, uh, no, what was it? 70, 70 75 games, games yeah. which is fine. Now, they brought the prorated salaries up. They were at 70 75%, now 80 to 85%. I think this is going to be probably the last offer by the owners. Um, they're not going to give them 100% prorated salaries. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to fall short like you were just talking about, the same thing with this COVID, the same thing with the basketball players. They had Carmelo Anthony on yesterday, and he's like, I don't know if I want to play. Even if you're going to pay me the money, I just don't know if I want to play for the safety. You know, like you can say, hey, I'll give you an extra 10% of what I'm already giving. So instead of with 100%, you get 110% of your value. But for them, they might not be worth it. Like, And, and, that's and, the and then what happens, like, if you're the Yankees, right, and you have Garrett Cole, and he gets COVID or Aaron Judge, and we don't have to worry about injuries because, you know, that's a problem enough for those guys. But what if they get the – and then they're out for two weeks. And in two weeks in baseball, that could be 10, 12 – that's 10 games easily. Yep. So, you know, I don't know. I, and it seems like the cases – it looks like the cases are coming back. Florida. Yeah. Well, no, Texas. Yeah. Just some states, some of the bigger states that have been hit hard with this virus. 
and and that's the fun, that's the thing that people still I guess don't understand the seam is is this is not over with. It's not go. It's not completely done with because there's no vaccination until we have some sort of any vaccination. COVID-19 is still going to be around, ladies and gentlemen. That's why you're starting to see these players kind of, I know the money's a big deal, and you're seeing basketball like Carmelo coming out. Some people just don't feel comfortable playing knowing that there is a virus right now that has killed thousands and has contracted this virus. Millions have contracted it. Yeah, but here's the, here's the thing. I think with baseball, what's going to be harder thing is, first of all, we should have a season with basketball and hockey. Yeah, you, the I, problem I, is Joe made a perfect thing. You have, first of all, basketball is going to have less of a roster than baseball. So you have an expanded roster. We're not going to even talk about football. The other thing is you have 32 teams. In basketball, you can bubble them in all into one basketball court, and they said they'll have like – like 10, yeah. 10 teams in one hotel and another and another. Well, what do you do with 32 baseball teams and the managers? And this, like, there's not enough hotels. You and can't, what, what and you can't all, just do it do on all the 30 And you teams. can't just do one baseball field, right? It's just not physically possible. Now, maybe the first objective where they said, we'll just do Arizona and Florida. The problem is last week, Florida's numbers spiked the highest it's been since the COVID has come out. So, so that's you're kind of, you're kind of in a, yeah. a catch 22 where, like, yeah, you know, that's probably the best place to play, but now the no, I just don't know if it's going to happen. It probably will happen. It you, just gonna, you don't feel you're not positive I, about it. I'm still 50-50. I am still 50-50 because I don't know because I think I'm I'm pretty 50-50 on because I think maybe all the sports right now, maybe the NFL plays, but that's in September. But they still have to have these training camps, and and we can we talked about it a lot, Joe. I don't know if there's going to be sports this year. Yeah, they're well, trying. They're going to try, but. I was just reading this morning, uh, a couple of uh, medical experts are saying that we are near the end of the plateau on wave one of COVID-19. And that, again, we're expecting this is going to reemerge in the fall right around the time that the NFL season starts. So we, we could be kind of facing the same thing again. We might have a little bit of a lull. Maybe we get out a little bit in July and August. We could be right back in here come September, and, and that would have obviously a detrimental effect on uh, – on Christian Montana and in all of the NFL, which would be a shame. And, you know, look, everybody, you know, I, I watched a great interview with Joe Torrey today. He was talking about the importance of baseball, about, you know, when, when, when they came back after 9-11 and how important that is to people. And I know people want to get out there. Look, I understand people want to go out there and, and you could laugh at people that are going out there and complaining they want to get a haircut or whatever. I get it. I mean, look, nobody wants to be cooped up. Everybody wants to be able to get out and about. People have to do things safely. And, I, I again, we've been talking about this from the get-go. You know, guys, seriously, if everybody took this thing seriously from the get-go and um, handled their business right, I think the numbers would be a lot lower. And, and you know, we we might be at, at the point where we could be opening and, and not necessarily be as concerned about having a second wave. So, um, you know, look, we're we're at a in, in in such a weird time now that you know you can say that again. Week day to day, you're just not sure what I it's feel like be. we're going All back. You do is is sort of hope and, and kind of plan for if it's going to work out, but there's still no telling if it will. Yeah, because I think you know we got to go off back. You got NASCAR now. NASCAR is supposed to start. I don't know if it's this weekend or next weekend. They're supposed to have fans. I think it was supposed to be like five thousand this week, and then the next week five thousand fans. And then they would just go. Oh, I think it was a couple thousand. They were going to move up to ten thousand and start. So I, think that's got, I think it's guts. I don't. I don't I think, think you're. I don't know if you're going to be able to do it in, in the baseball football stadiums. I think you're going to have very much so in these major sports, no fans. But I think that'll be okay because the TV markets produce majority of the revenue, anyways. 
I think baseball need, baseball would take the biggest hit because of no. not having fans. Football, I think football yeah. would still be able to. They're I think football, lose, Joe, do you agree with that? So well, much money. Look, here's the thing. You know, you're you're right. Look, you guys are actually both right. Look, they make a lot of money with 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 TV. Clearly, yeah. I mean that that's what that's why these franchises are all valued at you know a billion a billion and a half at this point. But that money that again, look at a team like the Yankees or even a team like the Toronto Blue Jays. Believe it or not, that's a team that that clears four million every year in attendance. For the Yankees, it's like yeah. some extra pocket change for them to pay Garrett Cole. For the Toronto Blue Jays, that is yeah. pretty important money to them, and it's really the difference between that team maybe being a little more aggressive on the free agent market and not, and that's a tough spot to be in. Yep. So, again, you know, as we, we're in a whole new world, and, and, and again, just sort of sorting through this, my bigger concern here for baseball, though, is whether this season happens or not, you will have a 2021 season. Will you have a 2022 season? Because yeah. again, I don't know where you're going with this. Yep. I mean, this this is not this does not give me a good feeling thinking about the labor relations that should probably start next summer. Um, yeah. You know, and, and who knows what the timeline will look like now because of everything that's going on. And, and if these guys can't agree do. on. Yeah, if they can't agree season. with this, then what makes them think they're going to get along you, for that? You don't have the post with us in front of us. But there was know. a thing the other day they were showing where the salaries were, like the average salary. So they showed like the last like seven, eight years, and the salaries had gone on. Say it was like one five, then two, two five, three, three point three, three seven, three eight. There was like every year there was an average annual increase of like four and a half percent. Some five, a couple years were a little more spike. The last two years, the average salary has actually gone down. Yeah. Um, on the average salary, and we've talked about that when we were actually doing all the live shows and there were sports about free agents. Remember, we're like guys don't want to pick, they don't want to pay. Yep. Yeah, you know, I mean, Trout still got paid. Machado got well, paid. Those, the big Cole guy, got paid. The big time players are going to get paid. Guys like in the middle of the pack, guys like that, are not going to get the big money that they want. It's not like basketball, where basketball is the complete opposite. And that's where I mean, but this is definitely going to have an effect. Yeah, I don't care what anyone says. This will definitely have an effect going forward because for this simple part, I know the COVID is a different animal that they're dealing with. But if they can't handle certain money issues now when there's a pandemic and people are crying poverty, how are they going to handle when things hopefully now we're all assuming in 22 things, 2022 things will be normal. Right. So then what? Where are we going to be at then? Baseball has to understand that this is an opportunity that they could seize. This is an opportunity that they could totally prosper. They can't have another 1994. Now in today's day and age, maybe 94 they could have survived coming back. I still believe that if they do have some sort of no season term lockout, whatever, baseball you'll, baseball will not be ever – the popular popularity of baseball in this country will never be at where it should be. And that's maybe, I mean, it may stay at number three in our country yep. in, in terms of popularity behind still basketball and football, but it will never be able to get grain that uh, other than the baseball, the average baseball fan like us, that's still going to watch because we're sports fans. But a guy that is, Oh, is there any baseball? If, if there's no baseball, there's fans that don't care. They'd rather see a basketball but, game or football. If game. I may interrupt for one second and I'll let Joe uh, finish up the point was, well, you know, I watched the Michael K show on. They've been talking a lot of the baseball stuff. And like Don says, you know, like every time, like, oh, if the guys have a strike, don't worry. You always hear the fans say, yeah, we'll come back. We'll come back. Not this time. You might, you might 
if there's five fans, you might only get two back. You might lose three this time. You might not get those fans that came back in 94. You might not get those fans because yeah. I think – Attention spans nowadays, people no, – It's not about attention spans. No, it's, not, it's about money and everything else, and they look at selfish hits, and we have a world right now that is – I can't even explain. A country. Okay. Stick with the, no, the world. The I want, world I, is a mess, but this country right now is, is a mess. mess. And I just don't think people fathom what what is transpiring right now. And I think sports, if we had sports, it would be a speed bump for what is going on. But right now, we're on, like, the Speedway IndyCar 500 where everything is just chooms. Yeah. There is no – There is no life is going a million miles per hour, and we can't handle it. That's what it so comes Teddy, down to. You mentioned – you mentioned salaries have been down the last two years. They've actually been stagnant for the last five, so very little to no growth over the last five, down the last two. Meanwhile, in the last 10 years, in the last decade, the value of Major League Baseball franchises has increased by 300%. So the owners continue to get richer, and where, again, the argument was these players are making a ton of money, well, it's it's leveling off, and it's been leveling off literally for the last five years. So... To, to suggest that these players are greedy because they want their full salaries, you know, look, you're you're in a negotiation, and look, when when you're when you, when you agree to take less money, it's always going to be harder to get that money back. That's you never make it up. You don't give up stuff in a negotiation, stuff you already have. I mean, we get 100% of our guaranteed salaries in baseball. No, we're not going to negotiate a quarter of that or a half of that or whatever the case may be. So. You know, I think as long as baseball gets to dictate the terms of the games, the players should be able to dictate the terms of what their salaries are going to be. And I bet you this would be a lot easier if they just prorated them at 100%. Especially if you're only going to play like a 50 or 60 game season. That's a huge that's a huge relief for Dude, imagine getting a half a season of Garrett Cole for $17 million. Yes. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. As long as he's healthy in those issues. So, Joe, you know, trade Jay Happ. So, yeah, he can pitch 10 innings in a game. So, Joe, you know, since we started this like three years ago, we've always said we wanted to stick to sports, no politics. We don't want to talk about the things. So, when we talk about most of the things that are going on right now, we've related to basketball and football because predominantly the majority of people that participate in those sports are African American. With that being said, we haven't talked about any protests in Israel. Do you think there will be anything that goes on with regards to protesting with baseball. baseball, with players or just in general? Do you think, because you hear basketball players and baseball players come out much more so. Football players. But you don't hear baseball players. And I know there's not that many African-Americans that participate in baseball. Well, the guy for the catcher from the uh, A's, when this first came out, he was a, one of the people or maybe the only player, I think, in the MLB. I don't remember uh, specifically, but he was one of the guys that took an knee during the national anthem. Do you and one of his teammates came out and said, I, I thought differently and I, I, I'm wrong for what I did. And maybe there's going to be more players that come out and voice their protest. Do you think this will transfer to baseball, bud? I don't. I, I, you know, look. I, I think people sort of, you know. I mean, it, it seems like, and I don't, want, I don't want this to seem controversial because I don't feel it at all. But you know, sort of the history of America is a little bit under attack. We've seen Confederate statues, and look, NASCAR did a great thing. You yes. know, I know some people are upset about this, but let me remind you that the Confederacy lasted five years. 
Nirvana lasted longer than the Confederacy <laughs> did. Okay, uh, you can you know we can let those stupid flags go. It's over. They lost. Um, yeah, but they look, don't. You know, they don't, listen, they don't my, my only concern about baseball is the idea that it's like the American tradition. And to me, that's the only reason why it could be an attack, but I don't think so. I, and I do hope to see maybe more baseball players, particularly guys like Mookie Betts or Aaron Judge, the black players in the game, should be speaking out and, 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 and taking a stand. There's no reason why they shouldn't. And listen, taking a stand shouldn't be seen as a negative thing. Not at all. Supporting a cause should, again, whether yeah. you agree or disagree with said cause, you should look at these athletes and think to yourselves, especially when you say, you know, I don't mean you guys, but people in general say, well, what do these guys do? Well, here's guys stepping up, using their platform, putting their money where their mouth is in a lot of these cases. You know, guys like J.J. Watt, you know, we, we know what that guy's done for the community down there yeah. in Houston. You know, you see these players all doing great things. Again, I know people, LeBron James could be a little bit controversial at times. You can't say that what that guy has done in Akron and in the state of Ohio in general has not been anything short of an amazing blessing to all of those people yeah. there. So, again, agree with the cause or don't. But the fact that these guys have causes, I think that should be something that everybody respects, you know, you guys know how I felt about Colin Kaepernick when that whole thing went down. My whole thing was, guys, just let's listen to what he says. We can disagree and tell him he's wrong or maybe learn more about it. Now we find out we probably should have. Yeah. We really just should have listened at the time. We were, we were, a lot of people were wrong. We were wrong on it, and it's just how it is. And you I'm not trying to pat myself on the yeah. back when I say that. I just, Are you, you sure know, about that? <laughs> Well, all right, I do want a little pack. I do want a pat on the back. I'm no, not going to lie to you. I do you want are, one. You are right, you are right though. But just look, because look where, I mean, if Drew Brees said that four or five years ago when Kaepernick, it wouldn't have gotten the heat that. Not as big. It would now be heat, but not as big as it No, it wouldn't have gotten the now. heat. It probably would have been supported more so because more of the public was on that, on that. You that that wavelength. You but now, because of what's transpiring, and now what we talked about pre-show, what is going on in this country? At the end of the day, we talked about respect. Okay, you either respect human other human beings or you don't. Yeah. Okay. It's not about race. It's never been about race. It's about respect. It shouldn't be about because be somebody about said something beautiful online. I think someone else uh, shared it. And I said, when you're born, you're not born racist. Okay, which and we talked about this. And that's this why show. I said when we had the show last week, who's held accountable for all this? It starts at the house. It True. starts at your house. And if, you, if, if you're brought up that way, that's how you're going to be brought up. Did you want to talk you about guys that? Mind I just want to real quick, if I just plug, we have a show on the Clovercrest Media Group Network. Yes, uh, please plug it. Go ahead. And, and, and it's, um, it's called The Podcast System. Uh, the woman who hosts it is an African-American woman. She's actually on the town council in Exeter, New Hampshire. A uh, black woman married to uh, a white Jewish fella. They've got a beautiful family, two kids. Um, she went to Choate, went to Bowden, uh, two great, um, really great schools. Mm -hmm. And in her last episode, uh, which we just released uh, this morning, as a matter of fact, she talks about microaggressions, which is basically, you know, she's been in restaurants often where, she, you know, look, most of her friends are white. Okay. And she generally gets sort of looked over or the, the waiter doesn't clear her dish. And, you know, her white friends are always quick to be like, no, oh, that's that's not racist. He was busy. Well, how many times does that happen before? How many, start start, yeah, how many times like, do we have to hear that over and over again? I pr listen, I, I produce her show. She records it. I produce it. And I got to tell you, um, 
you know, again, as, as somebody who doesn't consider myself racist at all, and, and like you guys, I mean, I just, I, I love and respect everybody, no matter what, what they look like or what their opinion is. I was sitting there editing that, and I got to tell you, my heart hurt. As she talked about, like, the embarrassment that she feels when she's in those situations, and it's stuff that we don't even know that she's going through because we're all just so quick to kind of pass some of that stuff off. It's like, oh, don't yeah. be offended by that. Well, she is offended by that. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's the number one message, I think, for white people right now that we need to understand is you can't tell a black person something's not racist. You can't tell a woman something's not sexist because you lack that worldview and that perspective. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And again, it all goes back to, like you guys said, respect. If everybody yeah, respected each other and understood that, look, your worldview, your your life, your it's not it's not mine. It's not the same. We got to love and, and learn to respect each other. And look, I think, you know, we, this is the hugest thing, guys, when we talk about sports and we talk about the locker room. Uh, I know the head coach of the Denver Broncos, uh, uh, Vic uh, Fagino. Fangio. Yeah. You know, when he talked about the fact that you don't see racism in locker rooms. I've been in a, lock, a lot of locker rooms on a lot of teams, and it's so true. It's just it's not like that in sports because, in a, Ted, I think you said it on that special we did on all four downs. When you're working towards one common goal, everybody around you is your brother. And a, you don't look at it any other way. I don't look. We're yeah, all in this look. together, and the only yep. way we're going to move forward as a country is together. Yeah, absolutely. Plain and simple. Joseph, beautifully said. As as always, do you have anything? No, I'm good, man. He, I, he summed it up perfectly. We, we don't need to get in depth. But we know we don't. We don't. Go play yourself. We don't. We don't feel comfortable talking about this stuff. And it's not that we don't want to talk about. It, but I think at the end we of the day, we have to give our I, perspective I know, on this whole. But thing, I also think know? Joe. I also think Joe speaks in a good thing. Is like. Joe, I don't. But, I don't think people want to hear three white guys talking about it so so much because it's like Joe said, until you're in their skin and in their shoes, you can't say anything. Really say anything. Okay, you can't. Well, we, could try you, to, we could try to help. The only thing you can do help. is say, hey, listen, we're that's with it. you. And that's it. Just like I posted we're, something on Facebook last night about the cop. We'll try to the head guy for the New York, New York City. One bad person doesn't reflect the rest of that that personnel and our people. Okay, one white bad white person doesn't fight how white people feel if they're racist. One bad bad cop doesn't fight. There are bad people out there. There are bad cops out there. Let's. They're not all the same. That's the. Let me give you one last point. Listen, I know you guys don't like to get political, and I appreciate you bringing this up because it is so important. It 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 really truly is, and 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 I admire you guys for, you know, your willingness to listen and to learn a little bit through all this stuff. And I mean, I, yeah. I Trevor and I had a, an incredible conversation a couple of weeks ago. We talked on the phone for like an hour and we didn't talk about sports at all. Uh, yeah. We only talked about politics and we're just talking about everything. He claims he doesn't know much about it. He's, he's pretty tapped in. Um, sneaky. It's yeah. Look, you know, the, the, the here, here's, here's the message I've been getting from my black friends is they're saying and this was on the show on the podcast system, the, the latest episode that dropped at cmg.com. Yep. And if you guys, uh, if you haven't had a chance, check it out on Clovercrest Media. There's some great stuff. There's and there's and there's a bunch of other podcasts. So if you're not into not the only one, so if you're not into that stuff, check out Clovercrest Media. Joe's the head man. He's produces a lot of shows. There's multiple. There's sports shows. There's wrestling shows. He's to do it all, guys. There's uh, just ask Joe or check it out and see all the good stuff that we're producing. She wants people. She wants her white friends to speak up now. She wants the conversations to be had. She she wants the discussions to be had. She said to me because she actually considered deleting it after she recorded it. It she almost felt like maybe I'm just complaining too much. 
Uh, and she sent it to me. And like I said, I was in tears doing it. And I texted her and she told me she had almost. And I was like, I'm so glad you didn't. She said, I thought, if not now, when? And I said, yes, now is the time. Let's all talk it out. Uh, don't you guys feel better having talked about this stuff and kind of having it out there and yeah, having all, yeah, because... sort of look in the mirror at itself yeah. and say, you know what? Maybe there is a problem. And you know what? It doesn't mean all cops are bad. It doesn't mean all black people are bad. It doesn't mean that, you know, people hate America. We all want the same thing. Let's go get it. Yeah, I, get I, it. Just, I just hate the media stuff because we all, as a country, we jump down everyone's throat. Like, someone could do something wrong, and before we even know the true, um, you know, the back whole the backstory, we want to convict the person. Let's find out the true stories about things. You know, we, that was a bad cop. We're not going to talk about that situation, but... That doesn't we did mean every. I know we did, we did that. On all four downs. It was a great. If you haven't checked it, go check out all four downs. We had uh, a assortment of a great discussion. We had we had a Spanish person, we had a black person, we, we had, had white people, we had Italians. We had, we had a great multicultural team yeah. put together yeah. by Joe and Obi, and and we had a great discussion. And it was a little bit about sports, but it was just where this country at. And it's funny because we're all we all met each other through going to a Connecticut school broadcasting. I didn't know anyone else, anyone else other than my brother going to school. And we made friends with all these random people that we had never heard of, never and yeah, never and we became friends and then we became a podcast shows and, and there's a mutual agreement and it that's how it should be. Yep. In real no, I mean just in general, just like Joe said, Joe, I mean Joe, you said it best. I, I'm not I'm not even gonna repeat because you said it the best that you could possibly say about this whole situation it's just tough times but people got to be willing to yeah. change it's like a relationship no you got to be able to work in a partnership but listen to most out. importantly just listen hear them out and try to help try to help the cause don't make the cause worse don't throw fuel to the fire let's throw the let's throw the baking soda down on the water so let's just finish off with this last thing let's switch back to sports for one last thing we'll finish this real quick and then we'll end the show Trev wanted to talk about the Dalvin Cook football thing. About yeah, I wanted to just close out with the Dalvin Cook because Christian McCaffrey just got signed, and we knew that this was going to be the domino effect. Now Dalvin Cook has come out, I think, was it this week? or Yes, it, it was this week. It was this week saying he's going to hold out. But he plans on holding out, and this is where we are for running backs now. They, We talked about kind of holding there's disrespect with players and position-wise in the NFL, and while well, the running back position is – is, Huh? Did you, did you say A.O.? Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Joe's got it. He heard me. Dalvin. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, is <laughs> Joe, Joe. Joe. He would, listen, he, listen, he would correct me, too, if I, I was speaking. I got it quick, I though. Think, I knew as soon I, as I, I typed I it, I was too. like, it's Dalvin. You had Dalvin? That's Dalvin Cook? That's the best thing about live video. Yeah, it's yeah. great. You can correct it just like that. Streamyard. Streamyard is great for fixing stuff, too. So, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Dalvin Cook, one of the better running backs in the game. Has some injury history. Had a great year last year. Now he wants his big-time money. And this is where we are for running backs. Running backs, we know the discussion with running backs. It's an ongoing discussion. The value in running backs, there's great ones. There's good ones. There's some good ones. There's ones that you don't want to pay. Do you have an issue with Dalvin Cook? And I'll ask both of you, do you have an issue with him holding out? Does he deserve the money on top of it and with the money he's trying to ask, which is near Christian McCaffrey money? Does he deserve it? Joe, do you want to go first, bud, or do you want? Yeah, I'll, I'll tackle this real quick. You know, look, I, I, I hate the idea that people don't want to pay running backs. You want to try to, like, squeeze the five years out of them and then. I mean, we have you know, one of the great ones in the game. Him, I suppose. 
we have one of the great ones in the game. That's the thing. We have our own discussion coming forward with Bart Saquon. You know, it, it amazes me that more teams don't buy guys out young. But again, this is the difference between the NFL and Major League Baseball. If this were Major League Baseball, you'd be signing this guy to like a six-year, you know, $95 million deal to buy out his free agent. Or like Severino, four years and $40 million. Sure. And it, is, years. it is so different when it comes to football. The idea that, look, these guys want to get paid. They want the guaranteed money so they can get it up front. So that whenever this thing runs out on them, that they've got some money in the bank. So, you know, look, is, is it worth Delvin, Thomas, uh, Delvin Cook's uh, time to come out and play? You know, risking an injury without having a deal in place? Again, if I'm Mookie Betts, if I'm Dalvin Cook, I'm not playing. I'm not playing and and, and risking my future and my the my my future wealth and, and the wealth I'd like to pass on to my children. Not worth it. Guy had a great season. He, you know, I mean, look, yeah, that, that team could have been in some trouble after after Adrian Peterson's uh you know, Archer. after Adrian yeah. Peterson's career came to an end. And boy, I mean, they've gotten really lucky there in Minnesota. Pay the guy. Just pay the guy. Give him a – he wants a reasonable are you deal. Paying him, are you paying Christian him money like that, though? Money. Are you paying him north of $12 million in that upper echelon where Zeke got paid, where McCaffrey got paid? I'm not. I mean, he's a guy that you just said injuries. He's I been understand, hurt, he's been I understand twice, why he's been you say twice. hold out because he has dealt with injuries. But are you paying a man that has been consistently on the injured report – an injury list for missed games last so, year, and I know he had a he had a great year last year, but it was one really great year. He's a good back, but do you pay that money? I mean, he's so what his salary would be this year is one point eight million dollars, which is not even in the top thirty <laughs> running backs of the season. Now, is he one of the five best running backs in the league? I don't say so. Now, that's my personal opinion. Other people might have other ones. I know when the Minnesota Vikings have him on the field, they're a much better team, and they're a team that could make a Super Bowl run. He's that type of running back. Yep. But what we've seen in the NFL is, perfect example, Todd Gurley. For two seasons, was maybe the best player in football. Yep. Got paid, got caught, now is on a different team, and got a one-year deal for the Atlanta Falcons. So that's how the running back market is. With Dalvin Cook, he's been hurt twice. Does he deserve his money? Yes. Every single person who's in any professional sport deserves their money. You want to make it because your time here is short. You don't know when, your last, football. You don't know when your last day is. Especially football, now, yeah. do I want to pay him the $10-plus million that he's looking for? Absolutely not. He's not. Is he worth it? Yes. Am I going to pay him that? No, because what the way I because the way I look at it is I can go draft another rookie running back next year, or I can pick up another running back. Now maybe he won't be as good as Dalvin Cook, but with a two-headed system, I can I can make it work. Okay, and I can make my team better all around. I think Dalvin Cook is good. I do not consider him in the Zeke. McCaffrey, Barkley class, where those two, three, I mean, Derrick Henry. I think he's put, in that group put, right underneath them. He's I'll in put that, Derrick that Henry in, tier that, group. in that tier. Those are the four best running backs in the game. Dalvin Cook's in that second tier. I don't put him in that upper echelon of where McCaffrey and Saquon, Zeke, and Derrick Henry, those guys are four of the best players, non-quarterbacks, in the league because of how great they are. Dalvin Cook's really good. I'm not paying him the money of what he's expecting. I would go around give him eight million dollars a year. I'd give him over ten. I'd give him a I give him a listen, I give him I give him four years, twenty five million dollars, forty total. I give him a boom. I give him eleven a year. I take that. <laughs> I would do a I'll take half. Can I yeah. I'll take the one point eight? Just give me a hundred thousand. My next stimulus check, if we get one, just uh, tr- uh yeah, Trump right. or whoever makes that decision, I want a hundred thousand dollars. 
That's it. See, people forget he's only like 24 years old. He's still such he's a young very guy. very young. Just like yeah. Gurley. People don't realize he's only 25, 26. These but are they young both guys. had a lot of injuries. But they have injuries. And with the running backs, it's all it takes is one bad. Well, I mean, Bo Jackson. I mean, Bo Jackson might be the greatest running back of all time that we never got to really enjoy. He's the greatest. Because he might of be that the hip injury. Of all time. He's probably the greatest athlete of all time. Just imagine if he was 100% healthy for all those years. Give me the money. <laughs> Hopefully, trust me, I want the money too, but man. <laughs> I want the money, too. But, ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun. We came back. It's been a two-week layoff, but we're back. Hopefully, sports is... So, think like about it. We, we came back after a two-week hiatus. We had a special guest. We had an NFL player. We have another special guest in Joseph Aguirre. I mean, every time he's on, he's I'm a special honored. guest. I mean, the Joseph Aguirre. He's not a special guest anymore. That no, was like, he's part of the Keys to the City family. I mean, that was like yeah, that was like the first year. Remember him and Pat Clapp used to have the great... Uh, oh, yeah, and the uh, baseball. We right, 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 yeah, you guys, Red Sox and Yankees. Talk. But well, first of all, I want to thank Christian Montano oh, yes. um, for being on with Spent, giving us at least in his time, time. time today. Listen, I know this guy's got to be probably a busy guy every day. He's got... Like he said, 11 to 2, he's on Zoom meetings, and he's got workouts. He's got to go through a lot. So for him to spend the time and to be on the show and just give us a little insight about his life, the career, and everything that he's done, thank you very much. I'd like to have him on later on in the year if, if he's on another yeah, if he makes on, team. Listen, if he makes a team, if he's on another team, love to keep up with him. and Or even see. just afterwards, even if he gets caught, but, you know, he's on that free agent market, what did he learn hey, with Lyman? Hey, you know how we just talked about running backs. Well, the value of Lyman. Trust me. Hey, we and especially a guy that's a utility guy that can play multiple positions. There's teams that are always looking. I don't know. Giants. There's a team in the in New York, two both New York teams Needs a center. that need offensive line help. The Giants do need some center help. We'll see what happens. But like I said, Christian Montano, thank you so much for joining us. I great, wish him nothing but the best. I had a great and discussion. And Joseph. About the baseball. It was great. I loved having Joseph as always on. Let's hope for today that sports – Maybe there's a return, and I say maybe. There's a big maybe because we do not know, ladies and gentlemen. There is a plan for basketball. There is a plan for hockey, football, but there it says a plan. I'll believe that it when I plan, see it. That plan can change very drastically if COVID-19 comes back, which it will be because we don't have no vaccination, ladies and gentlemen. Joseph, like I said, as always, you're the man. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for all the hard work you put in. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Keys to City. If you didn't get a chance to check out the show, you can check us out on Keys to the City, Clovercrest Media as well, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, all Keys to the City on all social media platforms. Everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Stay safe and enjoy the beautiful weather. We'll be back next week. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcast and cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We unlocking the statements.